Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from sunny Southern California. Welcome, 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 welcome in. The Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There is a, um, there's a story out of Miami. There's a story out of San Francisco. There's a story out of Las Vegas. And I think each, each story, each story relates to something we talked about over the past couple of days, which is we all think that we're in the, we're in the business of sports or in the business of medical device sales. We're in the business of educating people or we're all in different businesses when the truth is we're all in the same business, the people business. Um, story, uh, Mike Lombardi, who we've had on the show, of course, has his own website and podcast, the former uh, front office executive, long time with the New England Patriots, some with the San Francisco 49ers, as well as the Oakland Raiders. Mike Lombardi said that um, apparently Brian Flores, at some point in time during this year, told Tua Tagovailoa that he should have drafted <laughs> Mac Jones this season. Again, don't know how it came out, don't know the context of it, but it does paint a picture of how Brian Flores chose to motivate his young quarterback, or maybe it was the real reason why there was such a rift between he and Chris Greer. Then there's this story from San Francisco, right? Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is, uh, what's the term? Dead man walking isn't, isn't a fair term. Dead man walking. Uh, it's more, um, not not even placeholder short timer. It's when you're you're. We all know you're going to either be fired or or traded at the end of the season or let go. He's a lame duck quarterback, is what he is, right? It's a lame duck quarterback. And Jimmy Garoppolo played great football last weekend, especially in the second half, fourth quarter, in leading the Niners to a comeback win over the Rams. He's led the Niners to a Super Bowl. Obviously, led the Super Bowl going in the fourth quarter. Didn't play well in the second half and in the fourth quarter. I'm not disputing what most people think of as the ceiling for Jimmy Garoppolo or the incessant uh, turnovers at inopportune times throughout his career. But Garoppolo is far more good than he is terrible quarterback. But because he's a lame duck and everybody knows it, it's got to be a weird existence. Here's Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll get you know does it add any motivation and anything like that how much does that weigh in your mind uh just throughout the course of a week going into games like this it's always in the back of your mind it, it has been in mind you know really this whole season just uh i knew what type of season it was knew everything that was going on uh you know behind the scenes and whatnot so it was it was a little different it's like you're saying you gotta toe that line because you don't want to get too emotional in those moments and uh you just gotta go play football when it comes down to it but you know the human side definitely comes into into play you feel it for a little bit after the game and i think 24 hours after that you gotta move on quickly and you know we, we've done that pretty well 
Yeah, Garoppolo kind of let you in a little bit. He knew what type of season it would be. He knew what was going on. It's not like the the, the Niners have done any of this uh, under the shadow of darkness, right? Like they're slow, like, like they're quietly manipulating to try and get a quarterback in the offseason. But it is also fair to to point out that they moved mountains and then drafted his heir apparent, his replacement. And whatever the level of competitiveness there was this year, everyone knows what's going to happen at the end of this year on some level. That that human element, you know, I look, I'm as guilty of it as anybody. We we look at these guys sometimes as machines. They're not supposed to have the feelings of normal human beings. Some of that is because that's what we've told football players are. Football guys are, you know, Ronnie Lott. I can't play because of my finger. Cut off my finger. Easy. You know? Give me some. Remember when we were, again, when we were kids, guy would get his bell rung. Smelling salts. Are you alert? Go back in the game. That's that football mentality. The truth is they're human beings. And when a human being knows that this is potentially his, not potentially, likely his last game, if he loses, wearing a San Francisco 49er uniform. And it doesn't mean that Garoppolo has to have some affinity. He doesn't have to have grown up a Niner fan. Like, there's only 32 teams. The Niners are historically as significant as any franchise in sports. Go and look at all the guys who have donned that uniform and played quarterback for that team. And there's at least two Hall of Famers. I have to look and think if there's even more than that. Quarterback of the Niners is a pretty cool, pretty big thing. And he led them back to the Super Bowl. And the idea that, you know, with any one mistake, with any one play, you don't necessarily process it as you're playing, but in leading up to it and in those moments of silence and in those moments where you're on the sideline thinking, you get lost in thought, you're like, man, this is it. Dissimilar in terms of topic, but similar in terms of human element. Darren Waller is a spectacular talent. Sort of a tight end, more of a wide receiver, but a constant mismatch. And of course, he's been injured this year. And Darren Waller's a guy who has been very open about his own personal issues and demons with addiction. Here's Waller yesterday talking about those issues, even this year with the Raiders. You know, my disease of addiction, you know, that can have me thinking all t- all kinds of crazy things, you know. So I got to make sure that I'm talking about those things when I'm, you know, have all that idle time. So I got my therapist, you know, I got stay going to meetings, uh, staying in the playbook, working on music, you know, just staying solid, keeping my head, you know, just out of that idle time and just into things that I enjoy and stay into the game of football as much as I can. Think about that for a second. Like we all think all I've thought about Darrell Waller is, man, uh, COVID, knee, whatever, get him back on the field because he's great. You know, you don't even think about here's an addict who now you have a lot more idle time because you're not playing, you know, what do you, what do you do? And then you factor in, he's in Vegas and and look, you can find trouble anywhere. I mean, you can say whatever you want about Cincinnati. Pac-Man Jones didn't have any problem finding trouble in Cincinnati. Trouble can be found anywhere, but in Vegas, I mean, it's a text message or phone call or 15 minute drive to any sin you can possibly imagine. And Darren Waller has had to kind of play through it while not playing. Here's Waller even more. It's tough, honestly, because I'm a human being at the end of the day, and I'm still trying to shed some of my old thinking patterns. So, you know, when I'm not out there, I can think these thoughts of like, you know, the team is balling without me being in there. Is this like, you know, am I 
like useless and it's just like these irrational thoughts. So I had to be willing to stay in the practices that I have to that bring me back down from that place. It's like, whoa, 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 it's not even that anymore. And it's like, I'm not out there performing per se, but I still have a role on this team. But sometimes my mind can tell me like, oh man, you ain't really doing nothing like you out. Like, so it's just like staying locked in, like you said, like I have to do that because my mind can take me to those places and um, I don't want to be there anymore. This show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities where the Raiders occupy Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas. Make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. It's a hard thing, right? Because, um, Because part of the mentality that allows anywhere from boys to young men to men to be able to play any sport, but especially this sport, is you have to almost disassociate with the human side because, you know, the human head is not meant to collide with another human head, you know? It's just not. It's, it's an unnatural act. We're not rams. We're not built with ram horns to go and collide into each other. We have to put on helmets for these sorts of things. On the other hand, you're dealing with human beings. And human beings all act differently in times of adversity. They all act differently when they're questioned. They all act differently when they have free time. They all act differently based upon where they are in life. And whether it's Tua and how he felt after Flores uh, on some level said they should have taken Mac Jones this year or Jimmy Garoppolo knowing that the Niners did take their next quarterback in a Trey Lance or Darren Waller in um his desire to get back out in the field and the Raiders amazing comeback season with all of their issues sitting there going like you know how hard it is to sit here and not play your team's win like your team's winning and you want them to win but then you feel useless plus you're not doing anything plus you're an addict and you start thinking all kinds of thoughts everybody thinks they're in some other business we're all in the people business how you navigate those personalities that's job number one. If you're coaching, leading, or even trying to have a good feel for how these guys will, will perform. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show. We're going to get an update from him in a second, but there is breaking news in the National Football League. So for that, let's turn to our good friend, Dan Byron. Breaking news from Fox Sports. Doug, the David Culley era in Houston is over as the Texans have fired their head coach after just one season. Culley went 4-13 and in Houston in 2021. Texans now looking for a new head coach. Okay, so again, this is purely a hypothesis, and Ben Volan's going to join us. And Ben is the, uh, honestly, um, I would love to give Lee Mayock, who books our show, complete credit for having Ben at this moment. But Ben was already scheduled, and it, he's a good friend, and we've done it. But it, it does, in fact, work. So Lee ends up nailing it. Ben covers the entire league for the Boston Globe, but previous to that, he covered the Patriots. So here, here's how it, it works. And I've, I've told people this for a long time, that I would, you know, I would love, I would love to tell you that it doesn't work this way. But um, the, the reality in business and sports and sports is in fact a business 
is that you hire people you know that you've worked with before, that you have a good feeling uh, for how they do business. And I, again, hypotheses, hypotheses is this. Okay, so New England Patriots guys run the Houston Texans. David Cully was not a Patriots guy. David Cully was, they just needed a really nice quality man, good, solid human being for what was a lost season in Houston. They weren't getting Deshaun Watson back for the year. That thing was a mess. Who can we get who doesn't rock the boat? Solid human being, been doing it a long time. And if he turns out to be better than we would have thought, maybe we keep him. They don't, they fire Cully. But if you're looking for who the next head coach is, Okay, let me give you kind of a, a couple. First, in terms of relationships, Brian Flores was a Patriots guy. Okay, so one of the reasons that I think the Giants are going to take a long, hard look at Brian Flores is that there's a great relationship between John Mara, the owner of the Giants, and Bill Belichick. That's one reason he hired Joe Judge. But the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson, reportedly, one reason he wanted to go to Miami was play for Brian Flores. And um, as much as Jack Easterby has a lot of say in what goes on in that organization, he's not truly a football guy, football background guy. So if Flores wants more of that power and more of a New England type of setup, where better than the Houston Texans? Where better? Um, so I, I think... I think that's at least a possibility. At least a possibility. Don't know if it's likely. Think it's a possibility. So let's... Um, it's a weird trade when you look at Cam Reddish's age. He's up for uh, an extension this offseason. Seems to be something going on in, my, in Atlanta. Eh. Eh. Um. All right, let's welcome in Ben Volan, of course, works for the Boston Globe, covers the entire National Football League. By the way, the Doug Gottlieb Show brought to you by Discover Card. Real credit card questions require real people. Someone who understands your issues works with you to resolve them. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover exceptionally common sense. Um, ben, let, let, let's start with some of the news of the moment. David Culley fired with, by the Houston Texans. Not a not a surprise. And if we're honest, though, they played hard late. They actually really they're the team that kept the Chargers out of the postseason. Um, there were some coaching errors, which he apologized for, admitted mistakes. And he never seemed like the guy. So where does Jack Easterby and so many of these Patriots running the Titans running the Texans? Where do they turn to? Well, they're going to have options. Uh, you know, the, the Texans, I think, are going to be in a, a good situation here uh, with probably some, some first-round picks and uh, a lot of cap space and kind of starting over from scratch. I, I don't think any of us thought David Culley was going to be the long-term answer. It was kind of a, a, a hire out of left field last year. But, I mean, I am surprised. that they the, the Texans played – they played well down the stretch. Davis Mills, you know, was the sixth quarterback or seventh quarterback off the board. And I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised they, they got rid of him after one season. They didn't give him anything. And they at least were representative as a team. So they didn't embarrass themselves like some of these other teams. So I'm, I'm actually very surprised. And 
Um, uh, you know, especially too, like the, the NFL doesn't have the best record on diversity right now to take some of their coaches and fire, you know, Brian Flores after two straight winning years and David Culley after just one year. It's not a great reflection on, on the league right now. So I'm, I'm just very surprised that Houston made this move. And, you know, maybe, maybe Nick Casario is just angling to get one of his buddies from New England and he couldn't get him last year. And that's why he got um, David Culley. But I, I am a little surprised that they made this move after one season. Could Flores be one of those guys? Yeah, and, and I mean, that that definitely makes a lot of sense, that maybe they weren't planning to fire uh, Colleen until Brian Flores unexpectedly uh, came open. I, I, I would think that's more likely, or, or perhaps maybe Gerard Mayo, than, I don't know, than McDaniels. I, I don't think McDaniels right now is, is the, the candidate. We haven't really heard his name attached to anything, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it would make sense, but it wouldn't be a, a very popular move in Houston. I know just after Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby, the whole former Patriots thing is not a not a big selling point in, in Houston right now. But uh, Flores, I think that would make a lot of sense. And certainly, you know, he's only 40 years old, so you could build your team with, with Flores for, for a while as opposed to some of the other older coaches maybe. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, I, I want to play for you something Big Ben said, which, I mean, I took it as tongue-in-cheek. Some people are overreacting. Here's Ben Roethlisberger getting ready for the Kansas City Chiefs as sizable underdogs. We haven't discussed it, but I think, you know, I, I would assume as a group you understand that, you know, we probably aren't supposed to be here. We're probably not a very good football team. We're the, out of 14 teams I think are in, we're probably number 14. We're a double-digit underdog in the playoffs. So let's just go play and have fun and see what happens. I mean, we're probably 20 point underdogs and we're going to the number one team the number one team that's I know they're not the number one team but they're the number one team that's won the AFC the last two years arguably the best team in football we don't have a chance so let's just go in and play and have fun <laughs> he's doing the house house money thing do you buy it yeah a little bit um there, there aren't a lot of expectations for the Steelers they I you know I think a lot of people would probably rather see the Chargers in the playoffs than, than the Steelers right now uh, the Steelers don't have a whole lot of pop on offense, but you know they can be as free and 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 little pressure as they want. But the Steelers just haven't been playing that well, and they did get into the playoffs, so give them credit. Um, but they're you know Ben's going to have to let it rip uh, to be able to keep pace with uh, Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs' uh, offense. It you know good good job by the Steelers, like Big Ben getting to the to the playoffs, extending his career when it looked like he was done. It's, you know, like he extended all those plays throughout his career. Like he, he just couldn't get Big Ben down. But I'd be shocked if they are able to pull off this upset. This seems like the one matchup that you can feel pretty confident in, you know, penciling in who the winner is going to be. Completely agree. The one that everybody seems to be jumping on is the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Dallas Cowboys. What do you think the likelihood is the Niners go to Dallas and get a win? I, I thought I was being all smart by thinking that the Niners could pull off the upset, but now it seems like the trendy pick, and now I don't like it as much anymore. Maybe there's too much, much hype on the Niners, but no, I, I like you know the way they're playing. They always, I think, have had one of the most competitive teams in the NFC as long as Garoppolo is healthy, and coming back from that thumb injury last week, throwing for 300 yards. First team ever to beat Sean McVay when McVay had a halftime lead. I, I believe Sean McVay in the Rams. He's now 45-1 and one when he's leading at halftime after the big comeback last week by Jimmy G and the Niners. I think they're dangerous. I, I think they're, they could beat 
you know, maybe not the Packers, but I think the Niners on any day can, you know, if, if Garoppolo doesn't throw too many uh, interceptions, which he has a tendency to do, I think the Niners are, are definitely uh, going to be a, a team that can contend, and, and I like them this uh, this Sunday against the Cowboys. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Ben Bolin's our guest in the Boston Globe, covers the entire National Football League. Um, I know the Patriots beat the Buffalo Bills, but it was in the most ridiculous wind I've ever seen during a football game. What do you think the likelihood is that the Patriots upset the Bills again? So every, everything about this game says that the Bills should roll. Uh, the Patriots have not been playing well. The defense has fallen apart. They've lost three of their last four games, and the defense in those three games has only forced one turnover. So um, the Patriots just kind of wheezing to the finish line. Health-wise, the Bills are much healthier than the Patriots this week. You know, the last time they played just a few weeks ago, Josh Allen, like they, they never punted. The Patriots just couldn't stop the Bills. So the Bills should roll. Um, that said, you know, whenever you have these like division division uh, playoff games, I think the lower seed has won five of the last six when, when it's like a third matchup in the season. And I just think there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Bills playing at home um, against the hated Patriots. The the cold the Bills are not a cold weather team, uh, which is weird to say. But Josh Allen's numbers are very very pedestrian in cold weather this year, and that's not to say that he's bad necessarily. But it I think it saps him of some of his powers and and brings him back to the to the pack a little bit, neutralizes a lot of what he can do. And so I do think it'll be a close game. I, I think you know you give Belichick a third opportunity. He'll have something new for, for Josh Allen. And I still think I'm picking the Bills, but I do think it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be very, very cold. Still might be you know kind of windy. So I, I think it's going to be a, a good, tight you know division playoff game. But I do see the Bills coming out on top. Can you see a way in which the Raiders pull off yet another upset and beat the Bengals? Yeah, I mean, they've been hot. Uh, what have they won four in a row now? And, and the Raiders should have been left for dead a long time ago. Um, so the offense is rolling and the, you know, they can go score for score with Joe Burrow, which, which I think is what it's going to take. What I'm worried about is just the, the physical and emotional toll of they just played a 70 minute game that ended well after midnight on Monday morning. Now they got the first playoff game at four thirty on Saturday and they got to fly all the way, you know, three time zones across the country to go play. That's just that's a lot for for them. While the Bengals rested their starters last week, uh, so I'm just worried about uh, physical exhaustion for, for the Raiders and you know just everything. It, it, t- it took everything they got just to get in the playoffs, and and now they have to go play a very talented Bengals team. So it, it's a it's a tough challenge for them. I give them credit just for getting this far. Rich Bisaccia, maybe he's earned everyone you know, a, a job for next year as well. I think that they deserve a lot of credit, but it's, it's asking a lot for the Raiders, I think, to pick themselves up after that emotional win uh, and, to, and to win basically five days later. Um, okay, what about the Cardinals heading in to take on the Rams? The Rams had control of the game. They lose to the Niners at home. Uh, they're some people's quasi pick, you know, to, to, to get to and win a Super Bowl based upon the talent that they have. Where are you on the Rams now that we've seen a collapse at the end of the season after a good winning streak? That, that was a tough loss for them. And, um, 
you know, I, I think with the Cardinals, you're disappointed that DeAndre Hopkins isn't coming back this week. And, you know, I know there's news about, like, J.J. Watt, but, you know, I, I still – I'm not expecting a ton for him. So so the Cardinals have been, I think, a disappointing team in the in the final stretch. But at the same time, they're, what, 8-1 and one on the road this year. So I, I think that's a team that's almost better off um, playing on the road and playing with nothing to lose, you know, that, that Ben Roethlisberger saying, as opposed to being at home. Uh, where maybe the Rams are a little tight. And I saw the Rams, they had to use the silent snap count at home against uh, the Niners last week. I know it's the Niners, and they have a huge fan base. and Maybe the Cardinals won't, won't travel as well. But I think if you're the Cardinals, you probably feel okay about this first-round matchup of going on the road uh, to Los Angeles. Um, it was week four this year. The Cardinals, um, I think, won 37-20 uh, at the Rams. So sure. uh, this will be an interesting matchup on, on a Monday night football. And I, I'm, you know, I, I like the Rams, but Kyler Murray seems like a tough guy to bet against uh, this time of the year. You know, people around the league have obviously taken notice of Justin Herbert. And, you know, there's some people that think, yeah, that's, that's what caused the riff in, in Miami with Flores, um, Flores and Greer, right? Is that they, they, they took the wrong quarterback. What's interesting is you have a young coach who everybody loves guys going for it, but what's the reaction to Brandon Staley and you know go, going for it on fourth down at his own 18-yard line um, for a guy who so many around the league love his kind of 21st century analytical mind? Um, I, I kind of feel like that was a gasp, like what is he, what is he actually doing here? He sure is angering a lot of people by going for it on fourth down so much where put me in the camp of I love it. Um, now, this particular situation, I think you could question because even if you do make it, you're still only on your 20-yard line. Um, so it's not like you're about to go in for the score. And, you know, to, to his credit, they only gave up the field goal afterwards, but that's, that's playing the result a little bit. Um, that the, the analytics websites say he got it right, that he increased the team's chances of winning by 5% by going for it. Now, again, I think that's all kind of theoretical stuff. You know, in a vacuum, you have to take the game into account. Um, but I, I give him a lot of credit for at least sticking to it. It's, it's hard for these coaches to stick to this um, theory of going for it and being aggressive on fourth down, and I think it works. I think if, if you are willing to, to go for it in all the right places, that over time, being aggressive not only pays off and leads to more points, but it builds, I think, trust and confidence in your players. I think the Chargers probably love the fact that their coach is so aggressive and wants to put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands. And I at least give Staley credit for sticking to it and going for it in these very non-traditional situations. And he takes a lot of heat for it. So, um, you know, I say good for him. And th- that particular situation definitely backfired. But I love it, and I- I'd like to see coaches being aggressive. Um, all right, let, let's let, let's discuss a couple of the potential head coaching candidates. Does Jim Harbaugh coach in the NFL next year? I think he stays at my at Michigan. I think this is all him and his agent capitalizing on his success at Michigan, and and good for them. They they should. But I I get the feeling that he's going to stick with just looking into my crystal ball. I think he's going to end up with a pay raise to stay in Michigan. Okay, so if if it's not Harbaugh. Um, if it's not Harbaugh, like who, 
who fits, who makes sense in Chicago where you have a young quarterback, in Jacksonville where you have a young quarterback, in Miami where you have a young quarterback? I, I, you know, it, it depends what these teams are looking for. If, uh, you, obviously, when you say young quarterback, you think that you want an offensive-minded coach, and, and that usually makes sense. And, um, like in Miami, you just had a young, you know, kind of hard-nosed guy in Brian Flores. So maybe you want more of a laid-back, relaxed guy like a Doug Peterson, a guy who's got experience as opposed to a first-time coach like, like Brian Flores. Um, I, I could see Doug Peterson or, or maybe a Jim Caldwell, although – not to be an ageist, but his age is probably an impediment at this point, being yep. in his upper 60s. But I could see Doug Peterson being a good fit in Chicago or Miami uh, or Jacksonville just because uh, of his, you know his resume of, of winning a Super Bowl. And then, look, like Brian Dable, great, great coach, did, did terrific things with Josh Allen. He'd be great with Justin Fields. I'd be comfortable you know, handcuffing him to Tua. Um, maybe these teams want a defensive coach. Leslie Frazier, the uh, defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, I think is deserving of a second opportunity as a head coach, and, and he's done a terrific job. So it, it's you, you look at what these teams are doing, Doug. They're, they're interviewing like 15, 20 coaches. They're just casting wide nets. So I don't think they necessarily know what kind of coach they want. They're going into these processes with kind of open minds and, and seeing you know an opening round of like Zoom calls, you know, who who are they going to be impressed by and, and whittle it down to? So there's a lot of intriguing coaches out there. There are a few slam dunks, and these are all tough jobs. They're, none of these are, are great jobs right now. Um, so it's it's going to be tough tough sledding for whoever does fill most of these vacancies. I don't know if you saw this story from earlier today. Chris Ballard seemed very noncommittal about Carson Wentz for next year. You know. Um, and it's it's interesting because here we are in an era where the Browns, who knows what they really want with Mayfield, but they're at least um, outwardly saying he's going to be back. What do you make of what Chris Ballard said in Indianapolis today? I think he's smart to say that, and I think the Colts probably do want to explore all their options because uh, this was pretty disappointing with Wentz this year. Any Anytime they had to put the game in his hands, um, it didn't go too well for the Colts, and uh, it's pretty expensive, and uh, it, it was kind of the worst-case scenario where they gave up the first-round pick to the Eagles because of how much he played, and then uh, they didn't make the playoffs. So that's that's tough. The, the problem is uh, his his salary next year. He's got um, like $28 million coming. I think most of it's guaranteed. They might have to pick up some of that money and, and pay him to go away, that kind of thing, um, if – you know, finding a, a trade partner won't be easy because I don't think Carson Wentz really blew anyone away this year. So um, they might be stuck with him for one more year because of the contract and because of how much they owe him. But I could see a scenario where they they say, hey, we'll pay half. We'll pay it in a, in a signing bonus so that we can spread it out over several years. And, hey, you know, Carolina Panthers, you know, you pick up just $10 million, $12 million, And I could see maybe that being – a more palatable answer for some other team, but I, I can understand why the Colts would not be completely smitten with Wentz because it, it wasn't great this year. Ben, great stuff, man. Happy New Year to you. Can't wait to talk to you as the playoffs begin. Thanks for being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. All right, Doug. Thanks, man. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. 
It's brought to you by Bet River Sportsbook. Check out the latest signs in the world of sports. Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21. President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan. Byer, what's Byer. Doug, the game today is... <laughs> I feel a draft. A pretty simple one uh, on our schedule today. That is draft the teams that you think will win Super Bowl 56. We could do this now because we have a playoff field of 14. This draft scheduled to go two rounds. So two rounds. eight of the 14 teams will be picked. This is the draft order. Doug, you are first. I am second. John Ramos is third. Jason Stewart is fourth. And then we will snake back in the reverse order. Doug Gottlieb, you're on the clock. Drafting teams you think will win Super Bowl 56. Um, you want to trade? I would trade with Jason. Ooh. Be the only person I would trade with. Okay. Um, and Jason, I would trade my number one for your four and five. Nothing else. Yeah, I, I don't like those odds. No, I I'm, I, I refuse that. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot, and you're going to tell us who is going to win the Super Bowl today on January the, what is that, 13th. It's not, it's not about, uh, I, you know, you were all good and fine until you got kind of huffy about it. You're like, I'm going to go to trade. You don't want to trade? Just go like, hey, no, 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 I'm not going to trade. I'm good. You don't have to get all like, you got offended. put you on the spot. You got, yeah, you got, you got a little defensive there, didn't he? Definitely huffy. I, I am huffy. I, I don't really understand the, you okay? You need to talk? <laughs> you guys want to cut the music and have, like, Jay, you got something going on? Is it the Chargers thing? What's going on? I just love my draft placement. That's oh, okay. that's what you're hearing. Okay. That's all you need to say. We don't need the others, the other stuff. All right. My first pick is going to be the Green Bay Packers. Been in the NFC Championship game the past two years. They got a home field. I think that matters more to them and more in the NFC. Look at all the other teams. They're all, I think, are they all dome teams? Sure feels that way, except for San Francisco, but they're not going to San Francisco, you know. Um, Home field, they get a bye. Whitney Merciless was back out practicing. He was supposed to be done for the year. They get David Bakhtiari back. They got, uh, um, what's his name, um, Alexander? Jair uh, Alexander. Jair Alexander back. They still have Aaron Rodgers, going to be the MVP. Like, uh, yeah, Green Bay Packers are the pick. I will pick second, and it used to be the Bay of Pigs, and now there are top two picks. I'll pick Tampa Bay to repeat in Super Bowl 56 for the second overall pick. All right, John Ramos, you're up third. Uh, I'm going to go to the AFC just because I agree with I agree with Doug that it's going to be tough to get through Green Bay. So I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals, Ooh. number three. Ooh. I think they have a the quarterback. I think they have a great wide receiving core. I think Mixon is great at running back. Let's see how the defense goes, but I'll take the AFC Cincinnati Bengals. Offensive line might be an issue as well, but that's, I mean, like, look, they got some talent there. Ain't no question. Uh, okay, Jason, you wow. two picks. Wow, I yeah. can't believe you guys uh, – this drop to me. I mean, I'll let the that listener- was why I like those picks. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let the listeners inside here. You know, Dan uh, puts this sheet of paper up before every season, and all of us on the staff like fill in our predictions. And the Bills were my prediction back in August, and I get to pick them today. So we'll start with the Bills, best team in the uh, AFC, in my opinion. And then the second best team in the AFC, in my opinion, are the Chiefs. So I'm going to take both of those teams. So I'm guaranteed to win. <laughs> still hasn't taken okay. the n- number one seed in the AFC still available as we go back to John Ramos. Well, I'm going to take my Rams, so I'll take the Rams. I think everybody 
been crapping on him a lot, so I think uh, I'll take him. I still think it's going to be tough going through Green Bay, but you know what? If the 49ers win, they have to go through Green Bay first, so there you go. I, on that preseason sheet, had a Bills-Rams Super Bowl, so I may have veered from it. With the Titans still available, I got to take the number one seed in the AFC. They at least will make it to next weekend, I know. I'll take Tennessee at number seven. Mm, That leaves Doug at number eight with our final pick. I got to tell you guys, I sit here and go, okay, it would take three road wins to get there, right? And it would take an experienced quarterback to do it. It would take a team that can run the football. The number one key to teams that have won a Super Bowl is pressuring the passer. I'm going to check all these things, plus they have an outstanding kicker. I got the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh. Ahead of the Striking gold late in the second round, yeah. Well, you have the Cowboys still out there. That was, yeah. That's a tough call because I think the Cowboys are right there. But I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers because if they do get to Green Bay, everyone knows the Packers do not match up well with the San Francisco 49ers. That you know they didn't two years ago when they played them twice and got blown out twice. I don't think they do here as well. I'm gonna go the Niners. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Let the record state: none of us picked the Dallas Cowboys. None of us. The Kings channeled the band Foreigner in their win last night. 